We gather to seek, to find, and to share the promise of honest religion. And so it is a sacred time, this, and a sacred place, this. Vulnerability more powerful than strength. It is a sacred time, this. Let us begin it together in song. Candles through some beautiful choral music, through prayer and silence, we can get in touch with and dwell in our centers. You may use these first moments for lighting candles or just sitting quietly, remembering who you are and why you are here. I usually write my prayers, but of the very few prayers that I steal from others, I've stolen this one more than any other one. It was written by Marianne Williamson sometime in the 1980s or 90s, and it was first famously stolen by Nelson Mandela for his inaugural speech. So at least I'm stealing in good company. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. You were born to manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Amen. This is at least the third time in 20 years that I've written a sermon inspired by a famous line from Anai Nin, or Anais Nin. She said, Life shrinks or expands in proportion to one's courage. Something about those nine words is wonderfully and immediately appealing and feels intuitively right. You can think of times when fear made you shrink and courage expanded you in a hundred ways. You were afraid to ask someone you really liked for a date. Then you finally got the courage to do it, and now you're together. You were afraid to try something, trying out for a team, or a play, or a choir. If you never got the courage up to try, you may still wonder what you missed, how your memory of yourself might have been enlarged, 
if you just mustered up the courage? Or you finally applied for the school or the job that you wanted and you got it? Or even if you didn't get it, you knew that you did the most you could do. And there's a comfort there, a comfort that wouldn't be there if you'd never taken the risk. Now you can multiply this list from your own life, but we can all think of times when courage absolutely seemed to expand our life and fear shrank it. So it's easy to say, yes, that colorful French woman was right. Life certainly does shrink and expand according to our courage. And that word courage is interesting in its own right. It comes from a French word meaning heart, core, reacting to something from the heart. Feels like we're coming from a strong place, and that can expand life too, for ourselves and for all those whose lives we touch. Now, we actually just heard a beautiful example of this a few minutes ago in Benjamin Ritten's Ceremony of Carols. There is a footnote to those carols that appears in many program notes for their performance, but that many people don't know. Besides being one of the 20th century's great composers, Benjamin Britten was also a political radical, a gay man, and a conscientious pacifist opposed to all war. It was tougher to be those things 70 years ago. When England declared war on Germany in September 1939, Britain and his partner left England and moved to the United States in protest. He had good success here, but two and a half years later, it became a matter of principle for him to return home. He returned to England in March and April 1942 in a five-week North Atlantic crossing right in the middle of the war. Britain couldn't have known what would happen to him on his return. He would at least be met with great hostility because the war was a fervently popular thing in England then, as it was in this country too, and he could well have been put in prison. I can't imagine what Britain must have felt like during the five dangerous weeks crossing the North Atlantic, always in danger of being sunk by German U-boats. And he wasn't traveling in anything like first class or any class. He was cooped up near some large machines that put out a constant roar, high temperatures, and very noxious smells. Right there is where and when he composed the Ceremony of Carols. But it didn't come from the bowels of a ship. It came from his heart, his core, his courage. As his decision to return home, return home also did. Britain was finally accepted back into his country, and the lives of thousands like us still to come 
will forever be expanded by the music that he wrote. I want to say that it is a great tribute to our music director, Brent Baldwin's great perspicacity that he chose that music long before I had any idea what I was going to be talking about today. <laughs> now, you can see that it would be easy just to do riffs on words like heart and courage all morning. But I want to leave the surface level of those wonderful nine words and look a little deeper because there's another level at which something's wrong with just saying that life expands in proportion to our courage. Something is wrong. Something's missing. It just isn't that simple. And I think the whole saying is backwards. Courage isn't enough. And it isn't what really makes life expand. So that's what I want to look at this morning. In fact, I think a nine-nin missed the most important point or just assumed a much simpler picture than life really offers. So I want to retrace the steps that led me down this strange and provocative path and bring you along with me in another way of looking at this. I've preached on this twice before, always in different areas and different directions, and always just looking at the power of the positive side of the words. So I started thinking about our movie superheroes, and that we really create them as people who are so strong that they don't have to be afraid. It's that strength that lets them always do the right thing, as we wish we could too. So we project our need for courage onto our superheroes, and then we identify with them as they run, fly, or rocket around battling the forces of evil. We think that if only we had the strength of Superman, or the agility and the wonderful gadgets of Batman or Iron Man, then the courage part would be easy. So we think, okay, it's courage plus strength, or it's courage plus strength plus a lot of cool gadgets. But that's not right either. Because what sets these superheroes apart really isn't their strength, their cleverness, or their courage. After all, the supervillains are always pretty well matched with them. Lex Luthor, the Joker, and Iron Man's many enemies were brilliant. They also had clever gadgets, and they weren't afraid of anything, not even superheroes. They had all the courage and strength you could hope for, but their courage didn't make life expand. So then I thought, well, okay. But everybody knew the supervillains were wrong. They were just obviously evil characters, like Lone Rangers from the Dark Side. Bad seeds. But if you push that farther, and you see, I, I just want to push this around, that simple picture won't hold together either. There's still something wrong. 
We've read or seen videos on YouTube of the families of young men or women in Iraq or Palestine who gave their lives to their cause by strapping bombs to their chest, then killing themselves and as many strangers as they could. Their families, their communities, often even their religious leaders, praised them as martyrs and heroes, not villains. You can say, well, they live in this closed little world where their beliefs are like a house of mirrors repeating back to them only their own biases and they've been taken in. That's what happened. Their courage has been seduced. But you know they're saying the same thing about us. It's more complex. It's about more than courage. Life shrinks and expands not just in proportion to our courage, but also in proportion to the size and inclusiveness of our vision and our heart. It isn't courage that makes life expand. It's courage in the service of high and noble ideals, courage in the service of coming alive, seeking truth, and healing the world. Courage is the ability to take action, but whether that action expands or shrinks life depends on whether the spirits we're serving are good or bad, not on how strongly we're serving them. Whether we're serving the angels of our better nature or the angels of our worse nature. And how are we to know? There's no foolproof way. But there's a famous formula from a third century Christian theologian I've always loved as one of the best guides for people of good heart. Our course of action, he said, must always meet two criteria in order to be good. It must both be useful to us and at the same time worthy of God. Because life also shrinks and expands in proportion to the size of the God we are serving. Now, you might still be argumentative. You might want to argue that the families of those human bomb people would say that the murder of their enemies was worthy of God. But the most revered thinkers in any religion, certainly including Islam, do not say that. Only the religious hacks praise murder. The more mature and nuanced say that unless our actions are guided by love and compassion, they are not worthy of God. Period. When the tactics are brutal or dehumanizing, we've already lost the ability to claim that they were good. Now, I'm betting that for at least seven people here, this is beginning to sound like something from current events. Many of you read a perfect example of this in the national news just two days ago. In what may be a closing chapter to the O.J. Simpson saga that has been going on for 14 years, on Friday, Las Vegas judge Jackie Glass 
sentenced Simpson to a minimum of nine years in prison. He tried to argue that he never meant to hurt anybody. He just wanted to recover his personal things, including his slain wife's wedding ring. In other words, he was saying that what he did was not only useful to him, but it was also decent and noble, the sort of thing God would like. The judge pointed out that when he took a gun and accomplices, when he kidnapped and threatened people, his actions put the lie to his words. Once he adopted those tactics, he lost all claim to good intent. We know this. If we have a conscience, we know the difference. It's one of the things about us that we have to be able to count on for a legal system to work, for juries to work, for anything to work. We know the difference. So I think it's never as simple as saying that life expands in proportion to our courage. In every case, from superheroes and supervillains to suicidal bombers, for the latest installment in the O.J. Simpson saga, it's a very similar lesson. Life expands in proportion to our courageous service of healthy and life-giving ideals. Nothing less. It's like another metaphor that I've used here before about the two wolves a boy went to his grandfather for advice, saying he was torn, often torn, between wanting to do whatever he thought he could get away with and what he knew was really right. Yes, his grandfather admitted, he had always had those same two voices in him. He thought of them as two wolves, each one fighting to define his soul. One urged him to use his strength, courage, and cleverness to get away with whatever he could, and the other would accept only fair and caring actions. All his life, the grandfather said, these two wolves have been fighting to own him, to steer his soul. When the boy asked which wolf wins, the old man said, the one that I feed, my son, the one that I feed. Whether we think of these competing spirits as two wolves or as the angels of our better and worse natures, it matters tremendously which one we choose to feed. Because only one of them, only one of them has the power to expand life. Well, please join me in the responsive benediction that's printed in your order of service. We leave this sacred time together. Our world needs us and the spirit we carry forth. Let us become the life, the truth, and the healing that we seek. Amen.